that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Race Hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Bet Victor all the way up until the Cheltenham Festival. Festival? Festival. We are days away now. Um, we've obviously had our preview night in uh, The Goats, which I hope you're all enjoying across bookmakers.co.uk and across YouTube. On this podcast, we're going to look at day one and day two of the Cheltenham Festival. Myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan, uh, Paddy Aspel is back with us. Paddy, good to have you. How are we doing, lads? All good. Good to have you back on and talk about the big show. Um, Stephen Cass is also back. Stephen. Hi, lads. How are you? Good. Ready kinda, to rock and roll. I, I, I'm always sick of Cheltenham now at this time. I, the week before, I just, I, I've had enough of it. But come Sunday, Monday, then I'll get into it again. Are you the same? So, so glad we got you on. Uh, <laughs> Cheltenham fatigue, that's what I call it. You get, yeah. yeah. I, I get pre-Cheltenham fatigue. Yeah. I'm sick of it. But then I kind of get, I get going again yeah. on Sunday. Well, fingers crossed we are on and all set um, as long as, you know, Boris keeps uh, the troops in order in the UK. So fingers crossed. Um, we will have Sam Boswell on uh, during the middle part of this podcast and we'll catch up with him about everything about Bet Victor. There will be another podcast tomorrow to do day three and day four. But let's get straight into it then on the race hour. Um, Dermo, I'm going to kick off with you. Of course, we've given our views and wax lyrical about the Supreme on uh, the uh, the big preview night. But uh, let's just confirm your thoughts. You're not a big fan of Shiskin at the prices for the Supreme Novices. Not at all, no. Um, as I said, there's a video going out there on, on bookmakers. I just think the, the trainer's record in the race seniors be very, very careful. Uh, you know, he's had uh, 32 runners in the Supreme, one winner in the last 20 years, 17 in the Ballymore and 17 in the Albert Barnett with one winner in each. I just think you need to be very, very careful here. It's not that these horses are anyway bad. Obviously, they aren't. He's a fantastic trainer, but he just trains them with a long-term eye on things rather than uh, this one race particularly. So just to keep it quick, because again... Yeah, so where have you settled? Or have you settled? So most of our listeners obviously will have watched the preview night. And I'm between two. I think Abracadabras, I think he's unbelievably talented. He's really, really good. But the soft ground would turn me off him if it did come off soft. So... If the ground was soft, a steering phalange wins it for me. If it comes up um, any way better than that, I think Abercadabras wins it. Yeah, steering phalange is the one that's uh, creeping into Shiskin's prices. Stephen Cass, I'll come to you. Uh, we've talked about Abercadabras on here before. We know you're not a fan. Uh, who are you a fan of for the Supreme? Um, I'm not a fan of the top of the market. Shiskin, for all the reasons everyone's talking about, I won't go into that. A steering phalange will go off favourite. He'll go off something like 9-4 for this, I think. Really? Um, not a fan of him either on the uh, old course, the Titani track with him jumping right. I just, I'd like, I th he looks really slow for a two-miler for me. Maybe that's what you need, but I'd still like to take him on with something. I think there's an argument to make that Edward Stone is the best form of the English novices. Like I know he was done on the line at Haydock. That was really heavy ground. Hopefully it won't be that heavy as it was at Haydock, but he did go like the best horse in the race that day. Before that, he beat Harry Senior, giving him five pounds, and Harry Senior's rated one forty-four. So I think while Edward Stone is rated one forty-two, I'd say he could be up around one fifty, which will go close to the Supreme. Mm. Um, he beat Fiddler on the Roof as well at Wincanton, and he really did. He beat him all hands down that day. Like uh, there was no, there was no argument at Wincanton. So if you forgive him tiring on heavy ground at Haydock, which I can, 
I think Edward Stone, you get 20s, you might get 25s. I think he's a massive price. Um, the best of the English. Asterian Forlange doesn't strike me as a brilliant Irish candidate coming over. He could be. He easily could be. But I think Edward Stone could be the best of the English. So to get 20 to 1 is very fair. I'll, I'll put in a word here for one at a, at a big price. Now, I probably won't go here, but this is doubling up with my Carl Cup tip, really. Because if he doesn't run in this, he's going to run in the Carl Cup. If it comes up heavy and they run stolen silver here, having beaten Edward Stone, I think 50 to 1 is massive. If you watch back the Betfair hurdle, he was pretty much last, jumping the last, and finished uh, sixth or eighth or something, flew home. Um, he he was a length and a half behind Chantry House in December. So 50 to 1 is very, very big for him if it's heavy ground and he wants. You can back him non runner no bet. And I think backing him non runner no bet now and hope for heavier ground is a good strategy. But for all those reasons, uh, he'd also be my Carl Cup selection. So I'm kind of doubling up for one here on the Wednesday. So okay. stolen silver. He's 20s for the Carl Cup. He loved that step up and trip. Uh, I'd, I'd back Edward Stone and stolen silver. Yeah, I think they are uh, leaning towards that handicap. And Stone and Silver, like you say, has that line through Edward Stone. I'm a big fiddler on the roof fan, and I'm going to forgive him getting beaten by Edward Stone at a track I don't think was was made for him. Um, I think he's going to relish the hill, hopefully on soft ground. Fiddler on the roof is my pick. Paddy Aspel on the Supreme. Yeah, I like fiddler on the roof, to be honest. You know, I think Edward Stone, he is probably a better horse, but I think... A stiffer track and obviously we're, we're going to have very easy ground I think that could be his undoing because if anything he just travels too well in his races Edward Stone that's why I think he just got gubbed on the line at Haydock uh, he's a very very good horse but I, I wish they'd gone somewhere like Aintree with him because he's shown he likes it there and I just think he's going to travel too well around here on, on deep ground a fitter on the roof got loads of knee action he's a proper big national hunt type and on the day, if, if they were getting their toe well in, I'd be much happier with him to reverse the form. Yeah, I'm with you. Fiddler, fiddler, fiddler. Uh, hopefully gets the uh, the day off to, uh, well, the week off to an absolute burner um, for myself and hopefully for Paddy. And those are rowing in behind the fiddler. Uh, all bets are off if Envoy Allen runs, I guess, and it's still being left open by Gordon Elliott. And if he does run, I'd say we'd all fancy him to, to go very well and probably win a Supreme. Of course, he is lining up potentially and looks most likely in the Ballymore okay that was the Supreme let's move on to the Arkle Stephen I'll come to you first uh, is it a well I was going to say is it a two horse race is it potentially a four horse race here with Notebook Fakir Dairy, Brewing Up a Storm and Cashback um, all at that top of the market Notebook obviously favourite Stephen yeah I don't don't get the love for Brewing Up a Storm at all like this horse hadn't ran since November he actually had a problem and that's why he didn't run it's not like they wanted to run him um, if you remember last year, they did run him at the end of January before the festival. Mm. I thought he finished out the Ballymore fairly softly. It was okay. It was an okay run. But his jump in a taunting was stink. And how he's third favourite and, and, and shorter priced than cashback, that's beyond me. Um, Esprit de Large looks like he's a real right-handed horse. So I'm not mad on the English. So this is going to come down to notebook for Keir Duderis and cashback. And everyone's saying there's going to be a burn up here. Cashback can go faster than for Keir Duderis. And the one thing with cashback is Willie said uh, he'd be better on soft ground. Now, the ground was quick enough that day at Leopardstown, and he can really jump out of soft ground. So I think cashback could build up a lead here. I don't think anyone's going to take him on. They're not stupid, these three jockeys. So everyone talking about a burn-up, I actually don't think it will be. I think they'll let cashback go. But what I think with cashback is jumping out of soft ground, he might be able to build up that 6, 7, 8 length, 10 length lead that he couldn't get at Leopardstown on the quicker ground. Uh, notebook has the question marks about him so I, I am strong in the cashback camp and I think he might get away he might be able to kick on down the hill which is obviously normally suicide at Cheltenham mm. but I think with this fella 
Um, the way he jumps, he might just be 10 lengths clear, jump in the second last, and they're going to find it hard to get back to him. Fakir Duderis is a two and a half miler to me, and notebook. There's all the worries about him. If they put a hood on him, I'll give a shout out to a guy called Joe Healy on Twitter. Um, I asked for the stats of hoods on novices at Cheltenham. Mm. So it's something like five from 80, roughly. So not 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 massively off-putting, but not uh, very encouraging either. Uh, if they put a hood first time on notebook, I wouldn't like that. Now, they might just put a hood on him just down to the start and pay a fine for that. I'm not sure is that possible. Paddy, can you do that under the rules? They have these red hoods, don't they? You can do that with and take yeah. them off. Okay. Okay, so yeah. I presume that's what they mean by the hood. So now, if they put first-time headgear on him, you know, I'd take that as a negative. I just think Notebook might get buzzed up. and But at the same time, he's a fair price if you do like him. But I just think the race is going to set up lovely for cash back. Soft ground's going to be a big advantage to him with his jumping and the way he goes. And he might just get a freebie in front. Cashback got a great shout out as well from David Mullins on our preview night the other night. Um, so another one rowing in with you there, Stephen. Uh, Paddy, I know you're a big Notebook fan. And when we talked about him... <laughs> Excuse me, the other week on the the podcast, uh, you put him up as one of your main fancies. You like this horse? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, obviously, I do think cashback is the danger because that was a massive run last time. But I just think, you know, Notebook, he's so good on his feet. Uh, I haven't really got any worries uh, as regards, you know, the race and the rivals. But uh, as, as Stephen Cass says, it's the preliminaries. He really didn't look that good at Leperstown and... Um, before the race and and, and he, he was a real handful so it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it if he does uh, I would just be far happier to, to see him down at the start I won't be a relieved man until then um, but I just think the way he fences and travels through his races you know he's given weight and a beating to you know Fakir this season and I just think he's very very good um, but obviously you've got to take the if you are weighing in there's risks attached as regards the preliminaries but if he can come through all that, I think that's probably his his um his biggest obstacle he's got in front of him. Yeah. Okay. So notebook, obviously, it was. You're, st- you're probably better off back a notebook at seven to four down at the yeah. start if yeah. you fancy him, knowing that he's gone through the preliminaries. Then you are backing him at eleven to four now with all the question marks. Mm. You know, you'll get twos at the start. You know, if you, if you fancy notebook, just leave it and wait and see how he gets through the preliminaries and take a shorter price if you need. Sure. To. I mean, it's the start of a very. This is the first ride really where Rachel will. Uh, will come to the fore as well. Rachel Blackmore is going to have a lot of big rides over the week. Uh, a big test is to get Notebook, a buzzy type who didn't act very well at Leperstown before the race acted well during the race. My view is that if Cashback couldn't beat Notebook after he did all that at Leperstown, I don't think he's going to beat Notebook if he doesn't do that at Cheltenham. Um, there's a couple in here with hurdles form that I just can't get involved in for an arc or like some Mary Banri, who's obviously a very well thought of animal. They've done a great job with it at Skeletons uh, and Notebook. I put them both in that bracket and I'm a brewing up a storm fan against Stephen Castermo. I think you like this horse. I do. Yeah. So I have two backed in this. Um, I backed Cashbook back a few weeks ago on my uh, bookmakers.co.uk blog as well. Um, I put them up for that. I'd be more than forgiving of uh, Cashback not beating Notebook that day. Oh. Like effectively, that was his first day in kind of big school over fences. And sure. for him to get as close as he did, I think he will only improve from that, as David Mullen said. And um, it's probably hard to see where Notebook's going to eke out even more improvement from. And he does go a small bit right at his fences as well i mean that 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 has to be remembered um so again the the tractor at Cheltenham will be troublesome if he keeps up that habit now is much less pronounced last time but notebook does do it so it is something to think about obviously but yeah brewing up a storm everything steve said is completely right um at taunton jumpy wasn't great but i thought i thought it was mostly the 
last three and I thought he was running out of gas like all the horses at Ollie Murphy's were during that time um, Ollie Murphy seems bullish about him I just think his form over hurdles he kind of flattened out over the two mile five but him coming back to two miles I think the pace in front is going to be absolutely ferocious if something like cashback can keep it going he'll win this but if he gets into a battle with Fakir Dudery and you've notebook just off them there is an element of all of these horses somewhat killing each other and I think something like Bruno Storm, if he can get his jumping fixed um, which he was very good the first time so I think he'll um he could go very well here. Yeah, jumping doesn't concern me with Bruno Pastor. Last time it was poor. There. It was yeah, poor. Yeah, but like, like yeah. you know, it's, I think he's he's got plenty enough of back form in the tank, certainly over hurdles, to put him well on a par with this lot. And Ollie's horses weren't running very well. Oh, they're he terrible. still did. Terrible event, um, yeah. There was one um, I need to call out on here before we do move on. We're going to do the champion hurdle next. But Al Dancer, if Sam pushes the button early enough and maybe lies up close enough to cash back because Al Dancer can travel over anything in this field, I think it's whether Sam lets him go early enough. The 20 to one is still value for me they could have gone uh, elsewhere they're going for the arco and i think our dancer will run a big race if you have your those doubts about brewing up a storm our dancer is one i won't let go on back to, at 20 to 1 okay let's move on to the champion hurdle um epitante uh, a bit of a coughing story coming out during the week but i think we covered that pretty well um on the preview night the other night david mullen saying that uh, if he told his father that the horse was coughing, his father would just tell it to stop. <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe this is all a bit of a, a storm in a teacup means nothing, probably. Uh, Stephen Cass, I'll come to you first on the champion hurdle. Uh, do you have the winner? It's one of the worst champion hurdles I can remember. Yeah, there's something kind of fascinating about it, though. I oh, there it is fascinating, all right. One horse now who's become the hipster choice, Darver Star, I give him no chance, right? And everyone's talking agree. about it. Yeah. He, agree, agree. He got himself into trouble if you watch back the Royal Bound because he didn't have the tactical speed to go up the arse of Abacadabras. He then, if you watched back the Irish champion hurdle, he was right behind Honeysuckle coming to the second last and she just absolutely did him for toe coming off the back of that and he wasn't able to get into the race. He won't have the tactical speed to win a champion hurdle. And he'll fly home and he might finish third. But he has no chance now. And everyone's tipping him. And he's 12 to 1. He should be 33 to 1. Um, Super Sunday, something similar. He won't have the tactical speed. He won't be good enough. He's too old. Uh, Epitant, you can take the view if you like. Um, that it's the best piece of form at Kempton. But it's flat track. This is a different uh, different hurling match altogether. And I, I, look, I just never liked her. I didn't like her last year. She was too buzzy. And I think the champion hurdle won't suit her. But she could easily win. Um, the one I'm coming down on, and it's kind of taken a stab, uh, is Course of Lime. If you watch back the triumph last year, I think he, maybe he should have won that. Davy got to the front way too soon, um, and Penton Hills was able to come for a run with them off the back of the last. And if he held on to Course of Lime a bit longer, and I think the key here as well is this being run on the old course, he'll be able to tack and tack on the inside and just hold on to him and hold on to him on the turn. And he will travel better than anything in this race, as long as he doesn't travel like he did at Leperstown, where I think something was amiss. Um, he, if like I say in the Triumph, he, he really did travel. Uh, I think come and jump in the last, he might be right there, and he'll give you every run. So he's about twenty to one in the exchanges, sixteen to one in the books. Um, I'm going to chance course and blind. The other thing with him, and I was on a panel with Dennis O'Regan last week, and Dennis said that he did a piece of work at the Curra with Abacadabras. Um, now I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth but he basically implied that Corsa Blind worked all over Abacadabras and at home he does look like a champion hurdle winner now he said he was working like that before yeah. Leopardstown and we know what happened at Leopardstown but he's had a wind up 
Uh, if they get him back to his triumph form last year, he'll have every chance and he's a big price. A win only, just because he's that kind of a horse. But um, he kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of Espar Delen. He's like a poor man's Espar Delen. He's not as good as Espar Delen, but he's coming in with that kind of a profile without being as convincing. But this is a worse champion hurdle. So uh, I, yeah. I think he's a right chance. Okay, Core Sublime. Um, Demo, this is not unusual to hear um, that Core Sublime is working the house down. No, Keith Donahue is probably his favourite horse in the yard yeah. for to, uh, because to work what he with. Does he at home, he yeah. said he's just a ferocious workhorse. Mm. Um, like last season, Steve, Keith wouldn't have this horse beaten in that triumph. Um, you know, at our preview night and everything. And this year as well, he keeps talking about this horse. And I spoke to him yesterday for today's Bookmakers at Cottage UK blog. And the same thing again. He just thinks he's absolutely, um, he's flying at home. Uh, he and he thinks, wasn't far off the mark last year. Not, you know, he, he yeah. could have won. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The race was run a little differently last year. And Davey held on to him. He yeah. might have won that race. He said as well, Steve, that you have to remember too, um, just to back up what Steve's saying here, is that um, the actual preparation that Course of Lime had for the Triumph Hurdle was was terrible last year. Um, you know, he, he had a bad run before it. He missed a few weeks. They kind of barely got him there. He just started working well about the week beforehand. And he said that um, he, he just taught by those pieces of work that, he'd win the triumph he couldn't believe his price and um yeah like so like if Penland Hills is that price then Course of Lime shouldn't be the price that he is because mm-hmm. the two of them haven't done much this year either of them no. really um the line that I said at the previous night is is that I think you're looking at the the, the two form gauges here are Ballyandy and Petit Mouchoir if I was going to back one of them in a race it would be Petit Mouchoir so I've landed down on two Sharjah and Super Sunday uh, but I'm just waiting to see you the just ground. Just wait to see which one the ground yeah, will the suit gr- most. Yeah, the way the ground goes, because those two horses for me are the two that can run up into the 160s. Um, have proven it. So Super Sunday on worse ground, and I think Sharjah, if it was anyway better than soft, I would be backing him because I think he that performance at Christmas when he hammered Petit Bouchoir sure. is up there with anything here. See, I don't think we're going to get that ground, but I yeah. I completely agree with the angle. I'm on Super Sunday. Uh, on the basis well I've already backed it but on the basis that this is going to come up pretty soft and this horse is going to run up to a number that something has to beat now maybe there's a horse in here that can do it but there won't be more than one or two yeah. and so Super Sunday's going to be bang there and even at 10 years old when's the last time a 10 year old won champion heart? I'd agree with that I, I, I don't no, know no, no, like, answer. I don't, can't think um, it's no, it's, years, it's been done it's it years and years done. but it's um, oh no it's been done but I'd say you're talking and I'd say you're talking 50 have tried since yeah, but I agree. This is the normal year the champion hurdle. That's, look at, that's all didn't, I'd say. didn't last year didn't C pigeon. There you go. There well, you go, didn't look. also began with an S. Didn't last year? Um, <laughs> didn't last year Super Sunday beat Bouvardier and finish second to and finish second to Bouvardier. Bouvardier's in this race. I don't know what price he's, he is, but he's very short. But Super Sunday won't be running to his career high mark. Here. You don't know. So that. I just think it, I, I I see it, but I, something will beat him. Something will it 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 could be Corsa Blime. It could be Fusil Raffles. It could be Sharjah. Could be Penton Hills, could be Epitant. One of them will beat. See, yeah, uh, could be Celia Sam. You know, one of the younger horses is going to beat. I'd agree with that on the most part, but we just don't know. And like none of those horses have actually shown Bar Sharja that that they can run to that level so far. Yeah, this season. Mm. So I think a ten-year-old would always put me off. Until a month ago, I wouldn't have went near him. But this is not a normal year. Of the champion hurdle. Yep, Paddy, you're going to get the final go at this champion hurdle. Um, you've heard a load of nonsense there from us, lot. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to stick with the mayor here, Epiton, because yeah, last year she was doing plenty wrong and still winning, albeit you know just sort of midweek stuff, and even up until now, uh, I know it beat Silver Streak, 
quite well the last day. Uh, I do think she looks mentally a lot more grown up this year. Um, thankfully, they, they've done away with that hood because she seems far better without it. Um, not seen her for a little bit now. It was 75 days since we last seen her. And then obviously we did have the, the, the coffin chat the other mm. day, but I, I wasn't too phased at all by that. I just think, you know, we spoke, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago. It, it's an underwhelming champion hurdle to say the least, but obviously something's got to win it. Epitant, it's going to have to be an absolute career best, but I could see her doing it. Um, I could see her doing it. The other one I just wanted to mention is, I, I just think since they've tied Darver Star's tongue down, he's been beat mm. twice in it, but they've been by far probably his best runs both, both times, finishing th- uh, second and third behind M. Bayala and obviously behind um, herself the last day, Honeysuckle. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting, I think, Darver Star. Uh, he might just, not going to go under the radar because there has been plenty of chat about him, but I don't think... Um, I don't think he'll be out of the four, that's for sure. But as far as winners goes, I'd be, I'd stick with the mare getting the allowance epitant. Okay, um, we're going to move on to the the mare's hurdle next, and uh, honeysuckle's still in the betting for the champion hurdle. I know they've said that they're going to go for the the mare's race, but could there be a last moment flip, Paddy? If you were in charge of honeysuckle, what race would you want to run her in over a kind of optimum trip in the mare's, or would you roll the dice in that champion? If I'd have probably gone champion. I think she's very, very adaptable, Honeysuckle. She's very uncomplicated. And now she, she obviously ticked that box. She's won both ways um, after after she yeah. won. At, it was Punchestown. Leperstown. Yeah. She won at Punchestown and then she, she won at Leperstown. She's won. So she's ticked every box going both ways now. She's just yeah. so uncomplicated. She's just, you know, she's an absolute dream. Um, I think... You'd have probably gone champion hurdle route this year, sort of looking at the way the the race is shaped up. But you know, I'd have to agree with what the connections are saying as well. You know, they're sort of saying, "Oh, well, they're not really been very sort of ambitious." But obviously, taking on Willie's mm. mare is is ambitious enough, and you know, it's going to be a proper good match on the day. But I'd, I'd have probably gone champion. Um, but be, they've obviously still got the option, haven't they? But for me, it wouldn't really worry me what direction to go in because it's very very hard to pick holes in. Yeah, it is. And it, like we're coming on to that mares now, and it looks like right now she's going to take on Benny Dujur in that mares. Uh, would you give her a chance of beating Benny Dujur, or do you think Benny maybe is a tougher proposition? Seems like you do think Benny is a tougher proposition. Yeah, she is. Um, but I, I have, I'm a bit like yourself, you know, I have sort of really, she, she's grown on me massively. I just like. We're in the fan club, Paddy. That's where we yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, because visually, she never does anything absolutely overwhelming. She she isn't like, you know, an out, even an outstanding looking mare, but she just gets on with it and gets the job done, and you just can't fault her for that. Um, obviously, Willie's mare, she, she'd be a Cheltenham winner if she, if she just stood on her feet last year. Um, but no, very interesting. But I, I, I'd i be happy to stay with the um, the Bromhead mare because... Uh, yeah. I just think she's she's a proper winner, a uh, proper winner, and, and that's what you need on your side. Yeah, heart overhead. I'm gonna I'm gonna row in with. I've already backed Honeysuckle for the mess, and now Benny makes it look very difficult. It's it's eight to eleven. Sorry, four to six with Bet Victor, Benny Dejure, and Honeysuckle um, is there at six to four. Dermo, are you gonna stay with the fan club horse for the race hour, which is Honeysuckle? Yeah, I I couldn't heart th- overhead, or is that? Uh, you're kind of torn, aren't you? Yeah. Like Benny gives the impression that she's just a freak that, that probably could be running in a Gold Cup or a Champion Hurdle and probably mm. kind of should be. She's one of Mare's 
already, really. Um, but when you look, um, I just think Honeysuckle. She's only you know she's only six years old. She's improving so rapidly, and I just think that um, I'm not going to desert her now. That to my mind, there's no big difference between what she did at Fairy House and what Benny Dadu yeah. did at uh, at Gorham Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, she put them away very very well. Um, I do take the point from from the previous night to last night that you know she's had two very hard races now mm-hmm. this year, but she just seems the kind of tough type to actually take them in her stride. And I think this race is just going to be one of the races of the festival. It's the champion hurdle after the champion hurdle. Yeah, it really. Is. Um, you know, I think Stephen, I come to you now. I think that race over two miles, all right, she fell in winning the Irish champion hurdle, but she still did it. And I think that actually will tighten up her jumping, if anything, for for when she you know extends out and drip in this. Yeah, it might. And it was actually her speed that won her that Irish champion hurdle. It really was the way she went away from them, um, from the second last to the last. She just put lengths into them. And then, you know, she the mistake at the last obviously cost her. She's unlikely to make that same mistake again. You know, mm. you'd say she, she'd probably jump it fine four times out of five. And that could be enough to win this. But I find it very hard to be enthusiastic about this race. I don't care. She should, Like, she should be running in the champion hurdle. And this is... Every reason I love the mares race as a program thing and for breeders and we're getting better mares, no doubt about yeah. it. That's fantastic. This race should be a grade two. And um, but look, this is a tipping show. They're both the right prices. No bet. No bet. Okay. Um, if Benny was to go stairs and Honey runs in the champion, uh, we, we might have a bit of value <laughs> there in the market. But I don't have that crystal ball. Um, okay, there are three other races on the Tuesday. Uh, let's go to the old teamer. I'll lay my cards on the table early on and say I backed Activio last year. I'm going to back Activio this year. Um, I think it can run a bit better than it did last year when in fifth or sixth place and actually was bang in the van for a long, long way. So Activio will be my shout in what is always an absolutely uh, mind, minefield of trying to find a winner. Uh, Vindication tops the market six to one with Bet Victor. Dermot and you can give me your winner of the old teamer. Yeah, I put this up at 16s during the week, but it seems to be absolutely smashed. Disco. Yeah, he's yeah. nines now. Um, I just think of 148, there, there is a win in this horse. Uh, the wind has been done. Like, there wasn't one moment in that four-miler last year where I didn't think he had the race won, and he just I didn't I congratulated past. you with two to go. Yeah, you did. I'm really <laughs> like, sorry yeah, for that. And it's, um, he's just a horse. He, he kind of reminds me a small bit of any second now where... I, I just think it's going to click for him one day okay. at Cheltenham. Mm. Um, and I think this the ultimate will be ran to suit him. Uh, obviously, no run since he kind of flopped at Christmas isn't great, but he's had his wind done since they obviously found a problem there. He comes here fresh, and I just think a mark of 148 really will suit him. Okay. Take a lot of beating. On the discos uh, for Dermot Nolan. Stephen Cass, winner of the old team, please. Yeah, really, really like one here. And I'm loving this weather forecast of seven mils on Saturday and seven mils on Sunday because we could be bordering on heavy ground. And we the did. first time I was on with you this year was for Chetland back in November. And I was really sweet on Big River and he ended up pulled up. And I think he's had his wind done since. He, If you watch, I made this point back in November, but I'm sure there'll be a lot more uh, listeners now for the Chetland show. So if you watch the Ultima last year, <laughs> Uh, coming down the hill at the top of the hill basically Big River was tailed off out the back of the telly flew home finished fourth he was off 140 that year um, he's now off 141 despite having won last time out they put cheek pieces on him his jumping has really sharpened up I think they'll definitely go here instead of the uh, Kim Muir because Derek Fox who always rides yeah. him, can ride here and I'm not sure they'd have access to one of the top amateurs in the Kim Muir he's 33 to, there's 33 to 1 out there with 5 places uh, I think he's a massive chance, especially if all this rain keeps coming, 
and I just back him and hope the rain does come and the ground's really soft and, and if his jumping holds up he will have a great chance of winning this off 141 so big river yeah, I rode in with you actually on that podcast when we uh, when we did that back uh, pre-Christmas time. And uh, that will definitely be my other bet in the race, providing it lines up. And as you say, big, big prices around for Big River. Uh, Paddy, have you had a look at the old team and have you spotted something that we haven't? Yeah, there was a horse of Ben Pauling's. He, he's going to have 11-3 as I look now. Uh, Killed his art. Um, yeah. I thought that was a, a reasonable effort behind Mr. Malarkey the other day. I mean, he only ended up getting beat six lengths. Um, he just looks a little bit slow, this chap. Um, goes on bad ground. 11-3, it's a reasonable way, but yeah, it is, it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? I think th- there's better horses in the race, but they're not going to be suited by how the ground is going to ride. Um mm-hmm. To be honest, so I'd be happy enough to wade in. Uh, I do like Discram. I've always been a fan like Derma, but the fact is, he's not, he's not won this year, um, and that would worry me a little bit. But he, um, I, I'm just sort of thinking, last year was his year, and, and and he ended up missing out, and had a very very hard race, as we all know. Mm. Um, but yeah, killed his heart for me in the ultimate. Yeah, okay. Kill the start for Paddy in the Ultima. Um, Mr. Malarkey won last time out. Must have a good chance. And of course, Kim Bailey uh, with Vindication. And if the conditional sneaks in, geez, you can make a case for so many. Hopefully, you find one at a price that gives you a big run uh, for your money. Now, what about this Northern Trust Company Novices Handicap Chase? Because I think one of the better bets of the meeting goes here, and that's Galvin. Now, the price continues to contract. Um, he's been talked about in lots of different places. Uh, we've spoken about him before, Dermo. Is he your pick for this race? Uh, yeah, Galvin. So Key put this up as one of his five to follow at the festival mm-hmm. at bigger odds. Mm. Uh, he did say, though, the better the ground, the better the chance. Mm. And that if the ground was too testing, it would put him off that horse. Kind of, he said that this horse wasn't far off being a grade one hurdler. So there has to be plenty of uh, traction yeah. in that mark. Although marks don't really matter in this race. Once you're in, you're in. Um, Beak sounds the one that I'm very, very interested in here. Uh, gets in off 139. Like, he's... Oh, he's has ran behind Champ and uh, Mr. Fisher this season. To all intents and purposes, he hasn't. He's either looked tremendously slow or that they were kind of waiting for this race. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the latter. Um, and I just think at the odds that he currently is, this is a talented horse, in my opinion. Um, I think Cheltenham will suit. He has experience there now as well. And I just think um, for the Skeletons, it just wouldn't put it past him. This has been a long old plan with them. And... Um, it looks quite well in here. Yeah, every horse in here is a, is a plan, unless maybe you've got a surprise in your marks. Um, okay, so Beakstown then for Dermo. Paddy, do you want to go next on the Northern Trust? Yeah, just looking back at the profile of this race, generally it is won by one of the better ones in the race, meaning that horses carrying sort of 11 stone, even 11.7 plus, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's such a compressed race. Like So once you're basically in, it's, it's almost like a level weights job. It is, isn't it? Um, I do like the Shannon horse here, hold the note. Um, I don't think he's done an awful lot wrong so far this year. We've not seen him for a couple of months, but that was a good effort last time at Warwick in a grade two. He was only beaten half a length by uh, two for gold. I thought they rode him quite patient that day. Got an absolute peach uh, of Johnny Burke, but he was beaten by a better horse on the day. So I'd be happy to give holding out a go here or a go Mick Shannon it's amazing horses in these colours they've done very very well uh, at the festival down the years and we don't see Mick Shannon with many jumpers but the small string he does have he's got pretty decent 
quality more so than quantity. So yeah. hold the note with a fair bit of weight on his back at 11 stone 10. Okay. So, um, Stephen, what's your view then on this contest? Because, you know, it's, it's one of those races where pretty much everything goes off levels. I know it's a handicap, but it doesn't feel like one. Yeah, I think the favourite Imperial Aura is very solid. Um, and to be honest, I think he could go off a lot shorter than 6-1 to one in the day when the English start backing him on track. I think he'd go off 3-1. Really? On that point, actually, Epitant to 7-2 to two, going back to the champion hurdle. She'll go off 2-1 oh. to one because the everyone, all the English are going to back her because the Irish kind of have nothing. And the Irish money is going to be all spread out amongst no hopers. So if you like Epitant back her now, because um, she'll go off twos. And I think something similar here, Imperial Aura will be about seven to two on the day. Uh, he's around six to one now. So I think he's actually the, the the solid one and the ground will be fine, never than farm. Taking a flyer at one here now and he might wait for the day. This fella could be 50 to one, he could be 66 to one. Um, Daily Tiger, if he gets in, he's off 139, so he'll be on the cusp. Um, yeah. Like he was... He, 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 like he, all his wins are in yielding and better, so I would be worried about the ground. But as a novice, he a novice hurdler, he went off seven to two to win a Grade One, the one that Armand won at Leperstown. Um, he had a problem that day because he didn't run again till the following spring. I think he had a problem with his knee. Uh, he won in his Chase debut. His saddle slipped then in a Grade Three. Then he was third in a Grade Three at Cork. He was beaten only fifteen lengths by Notebook, and he was there come to the second last when Notebook won at Punchestown, and he ran okay then on his, his return for a layoff. Probably getting him ready for this. The reason I like him is. He wouldn't be as good as Road to Respect, but Noel Mead won this with a similar type in Road to Respect. Uh, and I just think you could be getting a wild price on him now on the day. It's certainly 50 to 1. Um, so I'd keep an eye on Daily Tiger and have a small few shekels. And uh, I think if you have fancy Imperial Aura, back him now. Okay. So the advice there to get involved in Imperial Aura if you do fancy him because price is going to contract, which... It seems pretty sensible. And Daily Tiger at a big price. Um, let's see if it gets in on that cusp. Uh, the National Hunt Chase will wrap up day one at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, this race has fallen apart, Stephen. Carefully selected could go off any price. I absolutely love the shape of this race for betting. Everyone's saying, how can you have a bet? This race is going to have it fall apart. There's none running no bet. There's none running no bet here about horses that are 50 to 1 that could go yep. off 10 to 1. So you actually could, you could take a quick look at these and say if Anthony's rated, anything that's rated over 135 has a small squeak here because of carefully selected jumping and because Battle Over Dying might not see out the trip. So ostensibly this could be a big, big, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Anyway, it could be a turn up for the books and anything could win. So you could take the yeah. view of back all those ones at the big prices. Some of them would be half the price. Some of them won't when you get your money back. But the one I really like is the hot inch. This fella is 41 on run on a bet. He's rated 144. He's nothing to find. If he finds four pounds, he can easily win this race. He won his debut over three miles. Then he went to Aintree. Everyone's fancying plan of attack for the Kim Muir. He was beaten ahead, giving him five pounds. Plan of attack's now rated 140. So that's a solid mid-140s run. He two average-ish runs at Haydock. That's fine because it's Haydock, you know, I'd forgive anyone that. Then he went to Leicester and he won. The second that day, won by 26 yep. lengths next time out. So the form is stacking up. He jumps very well. Now, the national might be the plan, but you're getting 42-1 non-runner, no bet. Um, Nigel Twiston-Davies should have a decent amateur. He always seems to have good access to those amateurs up around Cheltenham. Uh, I think he is a massive price. Has a right chance. The hollow ginger. Okay, the hollow ginger, big price for Stephen Cass and National Hunt Chase. Paddy, a race I always liked was this. I know they've shortened the distance now to call it the three-mile sixer, as we do uh, on this podcast. Um, Carefully Select is going to take a massive chunk out. We're not quite sure exactly who's going to turn up, but did you have something other than the favourite who has that obvious chance? 
Well, I was absolutely heartbroken for poor old Lord Dominey the last day at Haydock because this horse just loves the jog so much. He travelled and jumped a little bit too well in very, very bad conditions. Had the race sewn up from the back of the last. He just paid for them early exertions. Um, you know, he's not a runaway or anything, but in conditions, you really just have to settle and pop away all day, whereas he was having a good cut of his fences all the way around and Paul O'Brien was just struggling to get his choke in and unfortunately, he just got outdone up the run-in by um, Smooth Stepper, who, you know, he was giving weight to. So the best horse for me uh, by far finished second that day and Richard Hobson confirmed yesterday because he did have some other options, but he was going to go for this race and he's actually booked Sam Whaley Cohen, who's got a great Cheltenham record. Um, so he's going to have 11 stone six there. He's, he's only a seven-year-old. Uh, I just hope that obviously he settles to see this trip out. Obviously, it's going to be pretty bad ground as well, but Lord Mini is mm. very, very reliable. And if that Haydock race hasn't bottomed him out too much, I think he'd have a, a cracking chance. Okay, Lord Menil is uh, best price nine to one currently with our sponsors at Bet Victor. Uh, Dermot Nolan, a final view on the National Hunt Chase. Yeah, it's not a race that um, I've actually spent an awful lot of time on. I mean, Stephen Cast is completely right. Um, I fancy that new tide. I was saying to you here in the office a few days ago at bigger prices. That and price is gone, his prices yeah. just collapse yeah. now because not because he's done anything, obviously, just simply because of the horses at head of the market keep coming out. So this will continue to happen. But Ravenhill looks like he's switching here. Um he's not gonna go for the Kim Weir. Uh, he's gonna go for this race. And um at those odds he'd be very interesting. He's a very solid horse. Uh if carefully selected gets around he wins, but uh that's a massive if I don't think he will, and I think Ravenhill here is the one who'll just keep on chugging on, and he um, he could catch them all up the running. Yeah, Ravenhill could turn up here, and that has been one of the biggest market movers of the last week or so um, from big, big prices. As we say, some of the top guns like Copperhead and horses like that have decided to uh, to move along elsewhere. Battle over Doyen, if it turned up in there, would it interest you, Dermot? I'd say if he's going to turn up anywhere, it will be the RSA. Yeah. Um, but I think by they the may sound, not even end up at Cheltenham. Yeah, but it sounded Gordon. I think they'll probably keep him back now for uh, mm. for punches down. That was a bad fall he took behind it. Faheen and sure, it was prob- a tired effort. He it? disappointed him. He really yeah. did. Okay, uh, that is the end of day one. And before we take a break, I do want your best bets of day one. Uh, Dermot, I might come to you first. You can give me one or two horses across that first Tuesday. And um, yeah, let's have them. Let's have the perfect. Uh, Discorama in the Ultima mm-hmm. at a price. And if the ground is better than, than uh, soft ground, which is looking unlikely, uh, Sharjah for the champion hurdle. Okay. Um, Paddy, I'll come to you. Give us your, your main horse for the Tuesday. Uh, I was going to go first and last um, fitter on the roof for the Supreme and yeah. I was going to go with my Richard Hobson horse in the amateur race Lord Dominion Lord Dominion okay that's Paddy's um, Stephen uh, mine would be that, that 40 to 1 about the hollow ginge is wild but there is a chance he won't run so Cor Sublime I really do like him in the champion heart mm-hmm Okay, course of blind. Uh, I'm going to row in with Fiddler uh, at the ground, looking like it's going to come exactly right for it in that first race on day one. And uh, if it doesn't come exactly right for it, I think Galvin will go and win that novice uh, handicap chase. Okay, that is day one. This is the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and sponsored, of course, by those boys at Bet Victor. Coming up after this, we will have a catch up with Sam Boswell about everything Bet Victor are doing before the Cheltenham Festival. And then we'll be back for day two. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Put on something upbeat. Oh, I'm useless with music, mate. But if you want to play something exciting, your best bet is to get yourself on that Bet Victor site and check out my new slots game, Harry's Reels. A mustache, mate. I've got to pick up the dinner. 
Search online for BetVictor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Okay, welcome back to The Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, our sponsors, BetVictor, all the way up and through the Cheltenham Festival. Sam Boswell has joined me from BetVictor. Sam's good to have you back on. Oh, it's great to be here and um, been whittling down the hours now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like most racing fans, just itching to get there and hear the supreme roar on the Tuesday. Yeah, because then you know it's on and that's all we want after all this up uh, mm. back and forward about whether we're going to get the go ahead. Um, Bet Victor been very busy in the run up to it. I see you released a real cracking uh, documentary there. That must have been a bit of fun too. Yeah, it was filmed over a, a couple of weeks and um, some really famous faces in there. Some um, some good links out there that I know you guys have tweeted out to have a little watch. It's only sure. about 20 minutes, but it's a bit different to the current Cheltenham content that's out there. You've got the likes of Rachel Blackmore being interviewed in it. We will touch on in a bit more detail later on. Um, we've got Aidan O'Brien in there, Jamie Snowden, another Bet Victor ambassador, and Nicola Curry, all talking about what goes into making a winner. And um, it's it's a different approach, I think. And there's some fantastic shots of Ballydoyle, Coolmore, Lambourne. And I think it's well worth 20 minutes of anyone's time. So if you want to break from the, the content out there, I know obviously our preview's done really well so far. Lots of you have given fantastic feedback. And a big thank you to the lads because they really put their heart and soul into that. And we were delighted with that. But if you want something a little bit different to watch, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, if you don't want to hear another 25 opinions on the Supreme Novice's head or before it goes to, before it goes to post, that is definitely something to set the tone and set the mood ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. Um, one of the offers that's doing very well, of course, is the Rachel Blackmore offer. You mentioned she's an ambassador uh, for Bet Victor. Um, I think you're still top price as well about her being top jockey at the festival, Sam. Yeah, so if you're an existing customer, you can get involved there and get behind Rachel 6-1 to one to be top jockey at the festival. And her book of rides looks sensational. That offer, I'll just run through it again. It was um, bet 10, get 20 in free bets, and we're going to give a £10 bet every time Rachel Blackmore rides a winner at the festival. When you look at a book of rides, you'd like to think she'll certainly be going better than last year's Fantastic Two that she delivered. She's got the likes of Manella Endo, she won on last year, uh, going in the RSA. You've got the... The likes of Manila Melody, easy for me to say, in the Mayor's Novice. Notebook, of course. Honeysuckle, who we think is now going to try and take on Benny Dejou. Plenty of strong opinions around that race, I'm sure. But that's one fantastic offer. We've got an alternative, though. If you don't think she's going to have the most amazing festival like I do, you can get involved and uh, bet 10 and you get 50 in bet credits, 30 of which with free bets you can use on the festival or any sports markets, and a £20 casino bonus. Plus, we're going to give you... 50 extra spins on Scudamore's Super Stakes. So do check that out if you enjoy those sort of games. They're there. And of course, gamble responsibly. It's really easy to get carried away at Cheltenham this time of year, but we'd always urge anyone to make sure they enjoy themselves responsibly. Yeah, absolutely well said. I mean, we all look forward to Cheltenham, but it can go wrong. You don't always you don't always nail it. Hopefully we find a few winners here on this Race Hour podcast to point you in the right direction. But the caveat is we just don't know and we hope for the best. Um, uh, from a bookmaker's perspective, though, Sam, I mean, there'll be a few liabilities in the book, some of them bigger than others, some uh, bankers of the week. Obviously, um, from a bookmaker's perspective, you're hoping they go down as a consumer and a lover of racing. You're probably hoping they win. Um, how does it look day one and day two at the Cheltenham Festival from Bet Victor's point of view? Yeah, sort of the annual. I, I, I try not to tell the traders too much what I back because usually I'm a bit of a shorty backer and <laughs> it, chances are what what we need beat. But yeah, it's always a good bit of fun. And I think sometimes, you know, us bookmaker PR reps maybe get a bit carried away and like to predict the end of the world if four favourites win. Sure. Um, there's, there's no real Annie Power situation going into the festival. 
what we've seen in previous years. But there's certainly strong support for a number of horses, and it's quite nicely spread with ourselves. Looking at those uh, opening couple of days, uh, we start with the Supreme. Fiskin was around a 25 to 1 chance before. He won at Newbury uh, before then heading to the Sydney Banks. And there were a few takers at that price. He had a bit of a reputation, even though he'd unseated the time before that. And it, it still jumped around loose, which was rarely seen these days that a horse will actually complete doing that. But Continue, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly impressed. Uh, and now, you know, market leader for the Supreme with ourselves, perhaps a bit short to be getting stuck into. You might want to wait for the day now, but about two to one. And I, I think the Donnelly certainly look the most likely people to be having the winner of that race mm. with two fantastic bows. And we certainly like their uh, their Willie Mullins trained inmate to uh, to win because it would be a good result for ourselves. But we shall see. Nicky Henderson's record in the race is fair. He's only had the one winner in recent times. Obviously, you go back through the ages, he's had three. But in recent times, he tends to like to, to not go too hard on, on these prospective chasers. And I'd say Fiskin looks every inch a, a fantastic chaser in the making. But elsewhere, a bit later on, um, we've got uh, Daffy de Company, who was subject to a, a real interesting uh, appeal from the handicappers and in the Coral Cup. That, that's been one for a bit of money nibbled as well, I'd say. And you look elsewhere, there's, there's plenty of possible dangers in those races on the Wednesday and the Tuesday. Uh, opening in the Ballymore, yeah, Envoy Allen's been a popular pick. Laid a few bits and pieces, I'd say, early in the season when he was a much bigger price. But you're going to need to take on these favourites that part of the week, at least. Champ will be a popular winner, I suspect. A uh, few people were on him early doors but th there's lots of horses out there there's some nice i mean races like the champion chase for example will do will probably not make a huge profit on it but it's gonna be really hard to get that wrong when you've got such a competitive race at the head of the market yeah. um you know yes it's probably going to go to one of those three and individually they might be a bad result but when you couple the fact that no one's gonna be backing out or defy each way if chapan goes and wins so it, it's there's options there for us. It's one of those kind of things. Tiger Roll is going to be a popular pick. You'll get a lot of people that will want to wait for the day, and there'll be some surges of money in for these horses. I saw someone suggesting that Paisley Park might hit evens if the bookies want to take him on. Can't say I'm that sure myself. Uh, I think if Appreciate It goes and wins the bumper on the on the uh, Wednesday, I think the Thursday, Friday, we might be taking cover. But we shall see. But, yeah, a good, a good spread of money around, and plenty of people got involved. Everyone wants to tell me anti-post is dying. I wouldn't say it's thriving, but nor would I say it's dead yet. There's plenty of people out there that still like a, like a good long odds bet at long distance prices. Definitely. And there's going to be something that will catch the bookies out across the the four days where there will be a couple of public plunges and we've seen it happen before i don't think it's staring into the abyss like it has in previous years with a willie mullins rich richie three or four timer and that kind of stuff that does seem to be a good spread of ammunition across the races so i think there's a chance for everybody including the enemy like you uh, to come out on uh, on top sam there is a bit of racing before we do get to Cheltenham, of course and um you know, we're not going to touch on it really in this podcast, except to say that the Imperial Cup is on Saturday and uh, hopefully it does get to the go ahead because Sandan obviously already wiped out uh, Friday's meeting. If it does go ahead, interesting runner in there. Yeah, I think the market itself has been fairly interesting. This is the last sort of real betting heat before the festival, if you like, that people really like to get stuck into. Um, usually a good field as well. And um, one towards the head of the market that I would definitely get people to keep an eye on. And if you're a Shishkin fan, you're going to want to see him absolutely hack up his shake him up, Harry. For Ben Pauling, Daryl Jacob takes the ride in here off a mark of 127, which I think looks very, very fair. I think the trainer remarked he was pretty pleased with that at recent Cheltenham Press Day as well. And 
also actually owned by our, our, our ambassador, Harry Redknapp. He's a massive racing fan. Um, he loves the game. He puts plenty in. So it'd be nice to see him have a big race winner. I know the chance of the bonus would look pretty slim. I think entries in the Coral Cup, he'd need to win and go up significantly. Um, I think he's also in the Bartlett as well. But yeah, there are options there to try and win the bonus. But the biggest battle, I'd say, looking at the weather outside my window, is that being on, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, Sandown losing the Friday, I think, to try and scrape the Saturday through. But it, it's probably not the classiest of renewal, but it's still going to be a great betting heat. There's not a lot between sort of the first 10 in the weight. So it's going to be tight. I, I, I'm drawn a little bit to Malaya as well. Brian Carver, mm. someone that's certainly popped up onto my radar. I'm probably a little bit late with that that shout. I'm not quite the, the hipsters fan of people that take weight off, but Brian Carver, certainly the rides I've seen recently, he's been going well for Paul Nichols and, you know, with the trainer's title still well in the balance there, this is the sort of race Paul would be delighted to win a big jackpot there and it would certainly be helpful. Malaya is my pick for the race. Very keen on it the last time and I thought it got um, a sensible ride after the winner had flown in that race and they looked like they teed it up to come for the Imperial again and uh, yeah, Malaya would be my pick for that around, what is it, eight, nine to one with you chaps. So I think that's got a very big chance on Saturday. Fingers crossed that does go ahead before we do get to Cheltenham. And we're really looking forward, Sam, to having you on the day three, day four uh, pod tomorrow from the race hour uh, with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor as we wrap up the Cheltenham Festival talk because the talk will nearly be done then, Sam, and we'll be, uh, we'll be all systems go for Cheltenham. So uh, fingers crossed everything is all right. Thanks very much for coming on this. We will chat to you tomorrow and we'll do day three and day four at Cheltenham. After this break, we're back with day two. Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspel, Demon Oliver, and myself. Uh, for now, Sam, we'll chat tomorrow. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk. Sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and all the way up to the Cheltenham Festival and beyond. It's Bet Victor as our sponsors. It's Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspel, Dermot Nolan and myself, Dean Ryan. And we're on to day two at the Cheltenham Festival in our Cheltenham preview podcast. Uh, Envoir Allen has been all the rage for the Ballymore for some time, Dermo. Um, assuming he turns up here and they don't make a late switch to the uh, Supreme on day one, uh, will Envoir Allen win? Yeah, I mean, he went four wide in that bumper last year he still won he was tying with them at the end really um, his bumper form is absolutely stacks up uh, the form beating Darver Star and Abercadabras in the Royal Bond is unbelievably strong last time out Gordon and Keith and everyone else in the yard have said they left him well behind um, his work for that run it's all been building up and Keith said he's worked him now twice at the Curra this week and Lepers or sorry Lepers down this week and the curl last week mm. and he said he's the best he's been all season and uh, he's been training with this race in mind for a long time and he said he's just peaking he's hammering up and down those run-ins he, he said he's just working the house down and um to me he just he is the irish banker of the week i think six to four is just amazing value the one in the without market uh, i like this horse for the supreme if he turns up because i think going from the front this horse could catch an awful lot of them out alexia Dane, yeah. but all the noises are that he's going for this race so him in the without market, um, but if he did show up for the for Supreme, but Envy Allen, he's just 
He's a second coming. Yeah. Um, I heard Robbie Power actually talking during the week, and he said he thought the Irish novices were all behind the English novices, bar one horse who's a bit of a superstar, and that's Envoy Allen. Yeah. So uh, he's got a great steer on both sides, so he's probably the man to listen to. Uh, Stephen Cass, Envoy Allen wins a Ballymore. I'd be very, very worried about him staying the trip on soft ground. He hasn't gone and done it yet. Um, okay. Like it, the the day, like he was much better in the Royal Bond than he was at Nace. I thought, like he really did look like a, a slick jumping two miler. So over yeah. two and a half. The last day, like Longhouse Poet, who I thought didn't see out the trip at Leperstown when he went up to two six, he halved the gap between Envoy Allen and himself from the back of the last of the line. And I don't think Envoy Allen's a really really strong stayer. Um, Gordon the other day said there's no way he'd consider three miles for him at the moment when he's asked the question would he win over any trip um, and I'd be very worried I'd be very worried I think Sporting John is an absolute machine but I think at 4-1 to 9-2 to two, you can wait for the yeah. day you'll probably get 6-1 to one in 4 places I thought what he did beating <laughs> Harry Senior uh, a subsequent Group 2 winner was very impressive then he gave £8 and a hiding to Pipe Smoker Master Debonair was rated around 150 um, his form is very good I agree with Robbie that the, as a general rule the English novice hurdlers are better um, so I would be very sweet in Sporting John to give him a rattle and I think he could win So, but I'll wait for the day to back him because I think he'll be a bigger price yeah you want slightly bigger than the fives yeah. out there currently um, with Bet Victor I think that's the best price on the market for Sporting John um, Paddy what do you make of uh, well we all know that we like Envoy Allen but do you think he is in any danger in this race well I suppose it's it's hard to get away from the fact that you know he's a point winner uh, in bad ground where he, he literally made all the running even in his point um, so I wouldn't really have any issues of him of him staying I thought the last day I mean Davy Russell was borderline past the doctor to, to ride that day I mean I don't think he was in the best mm. of health himself and even from the back of the last I don't think he was over hard on him so Stephen Cast is right the 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 horses in behind did get a bit closer to him on on previous um encounters but I thought as far as the test goes Mark Walsh rode a really good race on the second that day and and, and you know they really put it to him and I thought he he passed you know, pass the test with flying colours. I wouldn't be too worried about him. Um, I do think that there's not much between him and Sporting John. For me, Sporting John's numbers are very good, but he still just might be a little bit raw um, for such a good race like this. And that might be his undoing. Um, but I do think there's very little between them. But I'd be happier to be with... Gordon's horse here and I do think he's if he goes off that sort of price I think he's very very good value because just very very hard to knock him yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what price uh, Envoy Allen does go off considering, I guess, the results on day one will dictate just how far the bookmakers are willing to, put, willing to push the boat out. Um, let's talk about the RSA. Um, Dermot, myself and you, we've never been champ fans on this podcast, so I think we can let the others talk about champ if they want to. But I'll be taking it on with Black Op. Um, I thought 20 to 1 is a big price. I know champ has beaten Black Op, um, but I think Black Op will get rolling here. And if champ makes mistakes... I'd, I'd be a Black Op fan to at least kind of make the places, give him a bit of a, a hardship up front, up top. So Black Op for me at 20s. And what have you sided with? Uh, I signed with Manelli Indo here. Uh, I can't have Champ at all. Um, and I just think Manelli Indo, whilst you prefer now, had he taken in a, a graded chase or maybe the flow gas or something, it just, they didn't want to. Um, they He beat Captain CJ, who's come out and franked that brilliantly in the 10-up uh, chase since. Um, I thought the third, who we unfortunately lost, that... Uh, 
final approach. I think he's a, he was a very good horse as well. So Vanilla Indo, like he went into the festival with the exact same prep last season. He's um, I think for me, I respect Alaho. David Mullen said it at the previous night that this horse was a shell of a horse last year and he's really grown into himself this year but I can't get away from the fact but then again he still put up Indo as the better stayer um, I think Milan Indo here he, he outstayed Alaho quite comprehensively twice last season despite drifting all day at punches down because everyone seemed to fancy Alaho and Milan Indo completely put him away his jumping looks solid he'll be jumping about 400 fences a day down at Henry de Bromheads and I think Milan Indo is is probably my bet of the week. Okay, very strong on Manila Indo for that RSA. Paddy, I'll come to you next. Um, the RSA chase. Champ has headed this market for a long time. Um, what do you make of his chances or, or would you go elsewhere to try and find the winner of this year's RSA? Yeah, I think for me, Champ's best days were as a hurdler. I just think he, he finds jumping fences um, a bit taxing and you know he, he's, he's shown us in the past that he just does silly things. So, I couldn't really have him on my conscience, to be honest. Um, I would be more inclined to go with the Tizard horse here, Copperhead. I mean, he's only had the four starts over fences, but, you know, he stepped out of Handicap Company, Integrated Company last time, and he absolutely smashed him out of the park, mm. uh, Copperhead. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, Tizard said that, that Jamie Codd was straight on the phone as soon as he ran across the line. Uh, wanting to see which race he was going to run in, and if he did run in one of the amateur races, he was he was very keen to ride him. But they've obviously decided to go down this route. He's going to have to improve again, but uh, I think that's one thing he is doing. Copperhead is is improving, so at roundabouts five to one, uh, I think he's reasonable value. Yeah, five to one with Bet Victor right now for Copperhead. Stephen, he's been the talking horse of the last week or so as they're kind of they've decided where they're going to go. And um, would you have him on your radar? Yeah, but I think he had a really hard race the last day. And I think yeah. that, 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 you know, I think he's a horse for next year. Um, on the pod, I said that I think um, the Labrick's Trophy at Newbury is the race for him. You know, I could see him running really well here and finishing third or fourth. But that race the last day, leaving the mark in him, I am worried sick. I have a big price in Aloe Antipos, and I'm worried sick they are going to go for the marsh. Mm. And I actually think they will, the way it's going. And he'll sluice up in that because he's a machine there's something about Alaho. he just takes my eye out I just love him I think the way he jumps a fence the speed he has the stamina I showed at Fairy House the last day to go away from them like Davy Russell was saying he tried to follow him the last day and he just went and went and went away and he stayed so well that's one thing with Alaho. he's not he didn't see out his races this year at all didn't like him at all like beating Captain CJ that isn't any good for him like his Captain CJ is a 140 horse um, so I wouldn't be too crazy on Manila Indo uh I think if Alaho goes here, I'll back him in anything because I think he is Willie's. He's, he'll win the Gold Cup next year. Uh, he's Willie's. He's kind of like Florida Pearl. He's a big, big, big horse, but he actually jumps well and he'll stay and he's all class. Like he was only a five year old last year. Uh, they should have gone to the Ballymore with him, but he's improving at a rate of knots and I think he'll improve past Manilindo. But like I said, I don't think he'll run here. Champ has a right chance at the price. He's actually a fair price because if, if the Champ gave a clean round and a half decent round of jumping, You'd say he'd probably win, and you know he's seven to two. What price did he jump around clean? But at the same time, I couldn't have him on my mind because I just know I'd be kicking myself if I backed him and he clattered one, which he might. Myself and Darmo have fifty euros on Champ to get around. Now that yeah. the true price of that is around one to three, so I'm going to take that as a winner, and I'm just going to put the fifty on Alaho if he runs here. Um, <laughs> but I am, I, I would be worried about Champ's jumping, you know, and I just can't do it to myself because I'm someone that places a lot of emphasis on jumping. The yeah. best jumper is Alaho. He's improving. I hope to God he runs here because uh, I think he's a machine. 
Yeah, I okay. Got twice now for for match bets. Uh, you keep getting caught out on Steven your cast because again, I, I, yeah. What's I your other match bet? Mikey Fogarty caught me at the preview night uh, album photo against uh, Santini. Oh yeah. Oh gee, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're you're down. How much is that for? I, I'm probably down 150 at this stage. Yeah. Yes, oh, you gave him a ton. You wouldn't give me. You, he was the big man coming out swinging for 200, and he'd only See, made when, 50. When, then when the end. cameras when the cameras were on demo, he was in a <laughs> yeah, bit of a nasty yeah, position. Yeah. Can, we, can we put our bet up to 200 on Champ getting around now that we're actually live and people will be listening to this? No one I listens get, to this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> I get married in July, and my uh, my fiance was at the preview night and uh, sitting beside. A friend of mine and he said that all she turned around and said was well well there goes my veil <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to invite steven to the wedding to get your money back yeah that? yeah that's that's not a bad way to go about it make it 200 be, steven, we're 200 on... as the standard gift there'll be 150 <laughs> in the envelope because i'm not sure i'll be getting paid out the way he's going <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant all right okay that was the uh the rsa let's move on to the champion chase and um, we're gonna get the race we wanted steven cass yeah, oh, this is a magic race. Like, yeah, like definitely the best champion chase I can remember in my kind of race and living memory. Um, can't wait. It's a, it's going to come down to the tree. Like, there, there isn't going to be a Soreal. If there was one or two, maybe you could spring a surprise. Um, I kind of have this down. Like, the three things you need to win a champion chase are jumping, staying, and speed. And I think the only one that ticks all those three boxes for certain is definitely the Soy. And as a result, he's my 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 pick. I think he'll be actually be three to one on the day because the English are going to come for Altior. Um, there'll be a bit of Irish for Shaq and Porsois, and he'll be the one to miss out in between. Um, so I will go for Defi, and I will back him. I will absolutely lump on him each way if he's eleven to four or three to one because you're getting about ninety percent of your stake back with uh, a quarter of the odds which you'll get on this race. So that's going to be my strategy. But I don't think it could be a dogmatic on any of them. Like Shaq and Porsois has never been to Cheltenham. 15 of the last 17 winners had won over fences around Cheltenham. It's a big, big negative, big, big negative for Shaq and Porsois. And he's almost a novice, you know. He's very inexperienced. I'd have a big question mark over him. And I didn't like his finishing effort. Altior, his jumping is sketchy. Defi Desai, if Defi Desai, the way Defi Desai went from the back of the last to the line to destroy Lost in Translation last year, like he could have more boot even than Altior. So I think if he is half a length up or half a length down on Altior, uh, I think he'll go away from him uh, from the back of the last. But he could be two lengths up and give Altior a shot at him. But either way, Defi's going to be there. Um, so I back him each way on the day, provided he's around three, uh, three to one, 11 to four. Okay. Um, my view is that Defi is third in this pecking order. Um, I take the point about Shaquan Poisson not going to Cheltenham, but he's already beaten Defi Desoy, and I'm going to hold that form up until it's proved otherwise. Altior, everything he's done in his career is better than the other two, so I put him ahead of Defi Desoy. And Defi Desoy beating up Underso a couple of times uh, wouldn't stack up in terms of the form of the other two, is my view. So I make Defi the third best of the three. And Paddy Aspel, come to you. Um, with Stephen Cass, um... Defi Desai, I think he's been so good all year. And, you know, he's had it put up to him um, on the last two occasions by Underso, especially that Sandown race, the Tingle Creek. That was a proper grueler. Um, I know he only won by a neck that day, but showed a real good attitude. Um, but he beat him by two and three quarter lengths the last day. And I just thought that was very, very impressive and on very, very bad ground. He's just done everything right. I mean, he, he's looking here to go three from three at the festival. Still only seven-year-old. Um, definitely decide he, he's rock solid for me. 
Yeah, he is a, he is a cracking horse. If Chacuan Poursois had beaten Deputy Soy like he did last year at Punchtown this season, Dermo, he'd be favourite here. He would, but again, you can throw a blanket over the tree of them, really. Um, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Deffy being beaten by Chacon last season. A punchdown punch form is just funny. Uh, Deffy, that was a very hard race uh, against Loss in translation that he took in and then went to Punchstown. And mm. He won't be the first or last horse not to run their, their full race fair, there. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I just I take that form in a massive pinch of salt. Chacon Poursois had a very hard race last time. I mean he finished it a bit dead in himself and every jockey that rode in the race kind of said afterwards they went at a crazy pace mm. and he that move he made to go past me was unbelievably was. impressive he just didn't finish it like like had he finished that race out you'd be saying god we've I really wanted the masterminded sprinter sacra moment just where he doesn't stop he kind of stopped a lot of his petrol were probably gone from mm. just you know staying with that pace so you can't forgive that but I just think we're looking here at a home fixture for Altior um, he's been here he's done it he kind of, um, I heard Ruby Walsh during the week say that Altio reminds him a bit of Hurricane Fly in his later years and that yeah, he's just, just learning enough. what to do. Mm. Um, and that, you know, Hurricane Fly at Leprestown and Altio at Cheltenham are kind of similar enough stories as well. So, like, I just think the way that he finishes the race is whatever beats Altio wins, but this is not a race to be, to be punting massively in. 7-4, 2 to 1, 5-2. to two. Altior, Deffy, that's the betting uh, with Bet Victor. That's going to change a little bit. Uh, Stephen Cass thinking that Deffy will actually drift out as the Irish row in behind Shaquan and there's going to be plenty of Altior supporters from Ireland as well. And Altior's going to be the big horse for everyone on the day. Um, fascinating race. Can't wait for it. We are getting the champion chase that we've wanted for some time. Um, okay, there are four other races on the day. Can we all agree that Tiger Roll is going to win the cross country? Uh, yep. Derma says yes. Paddy? Yeah, very difficult to be against him. It's just that's his bag all day, isn't it? The way he travelled around, especially. Um, and I thought that was a good prep at Navin last time. I thought he travelled around lovely and, you know, that was more than satisfactory. Yeah, Stephen, are you in the bar for the cross-country? Obviously, we hope it goes perfectly for our bookmakers.co.uk man, Keith Donoghue. Um, but do you think Tiger is a bit of a penalty kick? Oh, the former. I'm in the bar. I only have one pair of shoes over with me and um, I normally go into the middle of the track to watch the race. I will not be doing that this year. So. <laughs> Saving on that bag space. I like that. Okay, so Tiger Roll, uh, fingers crossed for Keith and uh, everyone involved. And then it's all uh, roads lead to the Grand National for the wonderful little pony that is Tiger Roll. Fingers, fingers crossed. There are three other races on the day. Um, the Coral Cup, the Boodles and the Champion Bumper. Uh, Stephen Cass, you can have a crack at all three if you want. All three. This is going to take about 10 minutes because I actually really fancy uh, loads. But yeah, this suits because I have to pick up the child there in a few minutes. So let's let, let I'll do my three. So the Coral Cup, um, if Janadil goes in this at 149, he's a rock solid 144 horse, 145 horse in Ireland um, and improving. The form of his fairy house win is working out really well. Uh, he has a right chance of, he, he won't be 14 to 1 now if he runs. So I'd, back, I'd advise backing Janadil. I think this is the ideal trip for him. Do you remember the last time we were recording, um, it came out that he was going for the Albert Bartlett, stepping mm-hmm. up from two miles to three. That's crazy. So Carl Cup, maybe it was all a ruse uh, in the green and gold. If he goes in the Carl Cup, he'll have a right chance. The other one I would back in the Carl Cup is Coeur de Leon. Uh, if he gets in off 133, which might be tight, but he'll be 66 to 1, 100 to 1. Um, but if you go back far enough, he was second uh, at Cheltenham in a, in a juvenile herd to Defi Desai, seventh in a triumph. 
Um, he ran okay, ridden by a conditional jock in his last two starts. Um, at Newbury, he was actually very eye-catching the last day, if you watch it back. He's a proper 95 to 100 horse. So if Alan King can knock a tune out of him, which he has done with these flat horses in the past, mm. 133 could be a really good mark. Um, so watch out for Cordell Leon at massive price in this or the Martin Pipe. Um, the other handicaps, the Boodles. Uh, do you want to do this or will we keep going? Yeah, carry on. Yeah, go on. Well, keep going. Okay. So in the Boodles, um, Aramax, it was only really one run, so I wouldn't get carried away with him. I, I, I have a little nugget on this, like Tronador. Everyone's talking about Tronador of Gordon's. So he's rated 58 on the flat, and he he kind of ran on well behind Floor, who's a lovely horse, the last day. I was talking to Dennis O'Regan, and he said what actually happened that day is they went very hard in front, and they came back to him. He said, he's he, you know, he's short enough in the betting now. He wouldn't be having him at the top of it um, for the Boodles. The one I like, and it's a local horse, so you can just put a line through it because I'm giving you a tip for a local horse, Doug Arvin. But Sacco and Vanzetti, um, he was pretty much an 80 horse on the flat. He got within length of Japan uh, in his maiden down to the stole. Uh, he plays five out of 10 times for, G- for Jim Bulger. Really, really good flat horse, which is often what you want with these juveniles. Um, good experience as well. Then over jumps, he, on his first run, now, this was a right race. A wave of the sea was second. He probably would have won or been second. He was a big drifter that day. Like, he wasn't really off. Um, and he finished fifth after his saddle slipped and properly slipped now. Two two legs out of the irons, the works. Still managed to finish fifth. Second run, he won at Galway. And he actually ate the hill at Galway, which is a great thing for Cheltenham. On his third run, he went to Punchestown. He gave £7 to Paisley and to Tremwedge. Now, Tremwedge was third in the Adonis. He gave him £7 and he beat him very, very well. Like Tremwedge is pretty much off the same uh, weight here and he's a shorter price than Sacco and Benzetti. So what went wrong then, he was hammered by a spire tower by a hundred and something lengths um, at Christmas, but something went wrong that day. I actually didn't get talking to John Queeley to ask him what happened that day, but they've kept him for Cheltenham since then. I was talking to the owner last week. He said he's going to love the hill. He's 25, 33 to one now. I think he'll have a right chance. He's off 132. He'll be right down the bottom. Uh, Sacco and Vanzetti, Jody McGarvey will probably ride him. Um, so him and the Boodles at a big price. And in the bumper, I've a bit of a wild one here. I think, look, fair enough, the favourites look really, really good. But I think of the English, Ocean Wind is the best of them. Um, he was really impressive when he won the listed bumper at Newbury. Now, if you watch his previous run, where he probably should have won at Cheltenham, he was second. Um, he's 14 to 1, so you could back him. But I would also back a French horse called Genola, who came third that day. She got a bit of a stones of a ride that she just switched from the inside rail all the way out to the middle of the track. She was only uh, ahead behind Ocean Wind that day. She's won two bumpers in France. She then finished third that day, only beaten a hair's breadth at Cheltenham. She's had her sider at Cheltenham. I think 50 to 1 on a four-year-old mare getting uh, the 15 pounds. That's a big thing. Uh, mares have great record in the bumper. Fiona relegate the glancing queen last year. So I would back Ocean Wind at 14s because he's the best of the English, but I'll definitely be backing that Genola. She could be 100 to 1 now on the day, so I probably might wait a bit, about a little bit on her now at 50s, uh, and then I'll back her on the day. Um, so that's the bumper. That's all of the races, is it? Um, that Genola in the bumper at 50s, I think Cucard's the last four-year-old to go and win the bumper, isn't it? Another, um, another one who would have made 
good use of the allowances. Um, so Genela in the 50s uh, for the bumper, Ocean Wind at 14s. Um, that Sacco Vandetti is a cracking named horse for the Boodles at 25 to 1. Janadil won't be 14 to 1, according to Stephen Cass for the Coral. And Cordelia on at a massive price should it get in. Dermo, run me through your picks for the same races, please. Uh, yes, so the uh, Fred Winter is a race I'll tend to leave on the day. I have been leaning on the. Um, Watch out, Boodles about now. I'll try, yeah. Careful. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I've been I've been leaning upon the uh, Tronador but I haven't backed him I'll kind of wait till the day but um, if Davy Russell was to end up on him I probably would back him uh, but for the Coral I'd Cup, say Dennis will ride him uh, Dennis O'Regan will ride Tronador okay okay perfect Again, reading between the lines of okay, what he told perfect. that wouldn't put me off that anyway no um, he's brilliant Jack fantastic jockey um, Canardier is the one that I'm very interested in in the Coral Cup yeah um, of 145 he's only five pounds higher than last year uh Darren mclaughlin's a terrific trainer it's not exactly an upgrade but he's gone to willie mullins and where all the facilities difference the horses that he'd be working with etc etc you'd there's a reason why willie mullins and gordon Elliott keep improving these horses and canardi can be very soft in his finishes and i think um if that yard can absolutely gallop him and gallop him that he might be able to get that out of him because two out in that Coral Cup last year, your eye is naturally drawn to Wicklow Brave, but Canardier makes a very, very similar move and is travelling just as well as him um, and just kind of flattens at the end. He runs a very similar race at Aintree. So if Willie Mullins can get to the bottom of him five pounds higher this year than that race. Dermo on him, right? The thing with Canardier is, like, and Dermo McLaughlin is a good trainer, but Willie Willem, look, he does improve them all, you know, and he will improve five or six pounds. Yeah. But they, they say with Willie, Willie uses a, a really hard going sand gallop and it takes horses ages to get used to it and to come to their best from moving to Willie. Canardier only moved there from what I hear, January, yeah. maybe late November. So in the normal circumstances, it takes a long, long time for these horses, a few months to acclimatize to Willie's. So that just just keep that in mind if you're back in Canardia because I see him being tipped up everywhere, um, and I'd say he might need a bit more time. It might be next season before you see the best of him um, from Willie's perspective. Hundred percent. I just don't even think. Um, I think Steve just with the year in his back, regardless, and um, with how close that he went last year, um, he could have improved anyway. Yeah, he mm. needs to toughen up, regardless. So I think he's uh, he's extremely interesting there. And there's a horse called Alpha Mix who will run exactly off his. Um, his Irish mark, wherever he goes, um, it, it kind of looks like here. He he holds some very good form. He's a real improving Gavin Cromwell horse. And um, he's a horse that I'm just waiting to see where he will actually go. I think it will be here. And just some of his Irish form, um, particularly when he was second to Kilfenora when he ran some race that day. Kilfenora is a very, very good horse for, for that grade. And I think um, Alpha Mix and Canardier in the Coral Cup bumper and the Fred Winter have no interest in the talk. No interest in those other two. Okay, Canardier currently 12 to 1, best price uh, with Bet Victor and Alpha Mix in there at 16 to 1. I will give you my fancies in a moment, but Paddy, we've got the Boodles, the champion bumper with a big favourite in it, and the Coral Cup. Um, have you got something for those three races on the Wednesday? Yeah, Coral Cup, Dino. I was I'm not sure what price is. You guys would probably tell me Longhouse yeah. Port in the Coral Cup. Now, I'd love this horse to run here. I just get the feeling they're going to go for the grade one. Um, he's currently 14 to 1, but I think we might find out later today that they are going to go. Uh, it looks like he's pulled. He hasn't, he's not entered in this. So he's going to go for the Albert Bartlett, right? No, I'd say the Ballymore. Oh, sorry. The Ballymore against Envoy Allen then. I, I, I scoffed the at Paddy tipping uh, one of these colours in the Ballymore last year. And it won. 
It City did win. City, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I was with you, Paddy, for long ass pilot for the Coral, but as we find out, they're going for the bigger targets. Oh, well, there you go. I think I think he's a pretty decent horse, this. Um, yeah, he is. And obviously, they've had the disappointment with City Island over fences, so they'll be hoping if they, one of these other boys can um, can get them out of the fire a little bit. Um, mm. In the Boodles, I like Nicky, Nicky Henderson's horse here, Palladium. Um, it's a very, very classy horse on the flat with Martin Mead. And the one thing about this horse is, you know, for a horse that has come off the flat, he does stay very well and he really doesn't mind bad ground. Um, he got beat first time out this season. Um, I just thought, I mean, he was only beat a short head, but they went very, very steady on, on, on soft ground around Warwick. But his last two wins at Sandown, albeit pretty small fields, you know, he's absolutely smashed them out of the park. Um, and that last day in particular at Sandown was horrendous ground. He cleared away right from the mm. back of the last. And they weren't bad horses, but they were absolutely trotting in behind him. Um, and he's kept going very, very well. So I like Palladium. He's he's by a real good side that I like at Champs-Élysées. Very, very tough. Um, so Palladium for me in the juvenile. And in the bumper, I think I like the mayor of Gordon Elliott's. Um, they had to pay a right few quid for out of Aidan Fitzgerald's. But I think Aidan Fitzgerald is really, he, he is producing some very, very good pointers Um that are, are going on to bigger and better things. And Queensbrook for Gordon Elliott, albeit it was lit, it was virtually unraceable ground at Gorham when she won, but she actually quickened up uh, out of that ground and she ended up winning by a distance with her ears pricked. And I mean, even even her her form, you know, only had one start in points, uh, or two starts, should I say, but her first start, she finished behind that kill Anna of Paul Nichols's and then won very mm. well next time. But absolutely bolted up at Warwick last time but as I say it, this is a proper minefield um, but I would give her a little go but it, it looks a very very good bumper yeah it does she was um, sorry to give another Dennis O'Regan reference I'm serious fanboy territory <laughs> here now but she was Dennis O'Regan's uh, charity bet at that no uh, Cheltenham preview I was at Queensbrook the okay. bumper they love so her. we've gone from Keith said to uh Dennis said on the race hour in just the space of a, uh, of a couple <laughs> of episodes. And that's all thanks to Stephen Cass. Good man. Okay, so Palladium in the Boodles, a shout from Paddy and also Queensbrook, backed up by Dennis said uh, for that bumper. Um, I give you a couple, actually. Galahad Quest, I really hope, does turn up in the Boodles. Um, I think that's going to be a really nice horse for Nick Williams. He's got previous as well uh, with the Cheltenham Festival in this race. Galahad Quest currently uh, a 16 to 1 with our sponsor, Bet Victor. I think this horse could end up being a gold cup horse. So. I'll tell you how much I think this one might be uh, decent. Hopefully it runs here and uh, and gives everyone a good spin for their money. And in the bumper, it's not going to knock anyone's lights out, but appreciate it. I think you can have what you want on. I think he's too good um, as much as it's difficult to win a bumper. Um, okay, that wraps up. I do want the best bets of the day for Wednesday. Stephen Cass, I will come to you first. Um, if you could only have one or two. Yeah, like if if it's one and he runs um, stolen silver in the car cup twenty to one is massive. He'll definitely be half that and leave a right chance. Uh, so, yeah, go for him. Stolen silver. And in if, the he car, yeah. if he does, he might not run now. So can I, I just have Alaho wherever he goes? Yeah, no doubt about it. Biggest fan of Alaho is Stephen Cass. Uh, bit of a machine for Gold Cup next year as well. I think you said so. Dermot Nolan. Yeah, same lines, but I think Manella Indo beats them all. Okay, Manella Indo, the best bet on day two at the Cheltenham Festival for Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel. Uh, Envoy Allen in the Ballymore and yep. 
Philip Hobbs's horse, Deffy in the Queen Mother. Okay, um, I'm going to go with uh, Galahad Quest if it does get in to that boodles and they want to race there i'm a big big fan uh, that will be the end of day two we are doing another podcast for day three and day four that'll be coming out tomorrow uh, do check that out uh, i want to say thanks to Stephen cast to coming back on uh, Stephen, i hope you have a great festival is there one horse you want to pick out of the thursday and friday as you're not on the podcast tomorrow uh, that you don't want listeners to miss out on a mine app of the entire festival which uh, regular listeners won't be surprised is latest exhibition he's the best of the Irish by a mile in the Albert Bartlett yep. um, he's going to love the hill ground will come anyway to him uh, I think he's still an absolutely cracking price at 6 or 7 to 1 so latest exhibition in the Albert Bartlett okay uh, Paddy one horse you think will win at Cheltenham regardless of the two days we just covered well we've covered uh, my first one in you know I'm a big notebook fan if he, yep. if he behaves himself and I'm wading in with Stephen Cass I've mentioned him before Ladies exhibition it'd be a seriously good winner for Paul Nolan and Brian Cooper just to put the boys back on the map and I, th- I think this is the horse to do it yeah we'll all echo that uh, Dermo we'll talk to you again tomorrow yeah. and uh, we, will, we will work it all out but thanks this has been the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk and of course those boys at Bet Victor at the Cheltenham Festival is not far away thanks lads You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.